Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We continue our conversation introducing new friends here on the <laughs> Coffee Hour. Joining us today, the Reverend Jonathan Maynard. He's director of PALS. We'll find out what that means in just a minute. It's continuing education and... There are other things in his title that I don't know what they mean. So I'll let him explain those in just a minute. Pastor Maynard, welcome to the coffee hour. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> See, I can't even read the notes. I, there are it's lots of letters. letters. It's all letters. I don't know what yes. they mean. <laughs> if, you, if you spell out every letter, I think every word, I believe it's something like 16 or 17 words to my title. But we wow. can, we can, we can bring it down. <laughs> I've had titles like that before that don't fit on a business card. But It's a very long title. Much easier now. So, okay, well, tell us about the title first, and then we'll talk a little bit more about how you be, your journey into becoming a pastor. <laughs> the easy way for the title is just to boil it down to Director of PALS and Continuing Education. That's the best way to, to keep it short and sweet. All right. So we'll explain PALS in just a little bit. We'll get to that. First, how did you become a pastor? How did the Lord bring you into the ministry? I am a second career pastor. My undergrad degree is in business management. And early on in our married life, my wife Tiffany and I, we owned a Dairy Queen and I managed a bagel bakery. So we what? were food retail leads right into ministry, right? That's so cool. <laughs> it was very cool. It was. It was great. So how did you make that jump from owning food establishments to being like, hey, I think I want to go into pastoral ministry? <laughs> Yeah. I can see the direct connection between bagels and ministry. You I mean, can't. you're all, you're serving people. It's right. just very different <laughs> service. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Actually, the the work that uh, Tiffany and I were doing at church really led me that direction. We were in the church that I grew up in, and there wasn't much going on with the youth. And we went to our pastor and said, "Hey, we would love to start a weekly youth gathering." For the kids, Sunday nights, we'll get together a couple hours at someone's home. And so Tiffany and I were leading that and really enjoying working with the youth. Because of that, I was then put on the youth board, on the church council, <laughs> you know, all of these things. <laughs> that works. Work. So was really enjoying my time, you know, leading the youth and working with the kids and working at church. Was looking to advance in my career. We were looking to buy new Dairy Queens and expand that and none of that was happening and uh, went to talk to my pastor and I think we talked for three hours and <laughs> that day and he encouraged me and applied to seminary and there we were. Awesome. So you went to seminary and then where did you go from seminary? First call was in Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, was in the Detroit area. So Redford specifically was the township just to the west yeah. of the city, but that was the first call. Hosanna Tabor Lutheran Church and School. Okay, when were you serving there? I was serving there then, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah's referring to a situation we had at Hosanna Tabor that yeah. some of our listeners may know ended up at the Supreme Court level, uh, mm -hmm. a dispute about, about workers. And it actually had happened just before I got there. Okay. Uh, was called there right out of seminary and wow. tried to help with some of that situation. Unfortunately, it ended up where it did and was thankfully decided as a unanimous decision for maintaining the rights of church workers. And that was great. So, so let's talk about PALS. Let's do it. What? what okay. <laughs> PALS. P-A-L-S. Correct. We see it in all capitals. Yeah. So um, what is PALS? It is Post-Seminary Applied Learning and Support is the big, long title for it, shortened to PALS. And it began in 1998. Uh, 
program in our synod that the synod and the districts work together to support and encourage continuing education for our pastors, specifically in their first three years of ministry. So support for our pastors, their wives, their families, again, continuing to encourage them to continue their education, but also to have mentors and other pastors and wives that they meet with to just encourage them in their first first few years out. What is the need for new pastors to have that kind of community as they're newly into serving in a congregation? Sometimes newly serving can be a little bit isolating and a little bit of, wow, I had this wonderful community at the seminary that I was at with all of these, my seminary student brothers and and their families and their wives, and we loved it there. And now we're out here in the middle of wherever we are (laughs) on our own. And wow, what am I doing as a pastor? Mm -hmm. Well, the process of wonderful formation that we had at our seminaries, it's great to encourage that, that lifelong learning that we all need to be doing, but as pastors to continue that education, but then also to have others that are going through the same things as you, those first few years of ministry. The way that we are structured is that we have a experienced pastor and his wife, typically, that are the facilitators, one in each of our districts. Some of our districts are big enough. We have a couple of different PALS groups in the district, and those we've identified a facilitator, a pastor who's generally usually serving in a call still. Sometimes it's a retired pastor, but usually they're serving a call as well. And he and his wife facilitate and can serve as as mentors as well to these young pastors and their wives. How have you seen that be beneficial for pastors who've who've participated in PALS and their families too? I would start with our own, uh, my own family. Our first call was difficult. We mentioned mm-hmm. one thing, but there were a lot of other things too. I was called as a senior pastor out of the seminary. The associate pastor that was there had cancer and and died in the early months of my ministry. Wow. Together, my first funeral actually as a pastor. And the church and school, wonderful school, but uh, you know, there's always challenges with that as well. So I had a pretty tough first call, and our pals group in our area was a lifesaver for us. Just a wonderful support and encouragement that that you're going to be okay and you can do this. And and that was important for us and, and helped with the learning as well and continuing that learning. So that was where it benefited my family. The last eight years, Tiffany and I have served as facilitators in New where I was serving a couple different churches. And we've seen a big benefit there. Often we have new pastors who maybe are from the Midwest or from other areas, not necessarily New England, and <laughs> and their families are here in the Midwest, and mm-hmm. they get a call out to, you know, Maine or mm-hmm. Vermont, or even, you know, Massachusetts, and they don't have that support system of a family nearby. And so in order to really serve and focus on their congregation and their family as well and their vocations, it's great to have support, and a PALS group can provide that for them and encourage them as well. Yeah. So the the continuing education part is another part of of what you get to be doing. What is the need for continuing education? What is the state of continuing education right now for? Well, I I hope that all of our pastors value that. And I I know we do because that's built into us so well at the seminaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're trained so well on on formation and and the importance of it. And so uh, in my role, that's that's part that's developing right now as exactly what that's going to look like. But it it will involve encouraging uh, pastors, church workers in general, all of us to continue to uh, to grow 
and and utilize that. Looking for opportunities to work with the seminaries, to work with our professors, to work with our Concordia University system to provide opportunities. Sometimes it's difficult, depending where you live, again, to access those continuing education opportunities. So, so helping to be sure we're offering things across the country and that we have access for, for people to do that. Of course, it's a lot easier with Zoom these days and <laughs> those things, but it's always great to be together in person and if we can continue to provide those opportunities. And part of my role, too, will be looking at the statistics of, of who is using it and who, you know, how can we serve serve others better? Are there areas that, that it's difficult to, to have continuing ed? So uh, working with that and, like I said, encouraging church workers to, to take part in it so that we can continue to grow and serve the Lord in, in ways that are beneficial. All right. You ready for lightning round? Oh, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lightning round, rapid fire questions about your favorites, favorite food or cuisine. Food, pizza, <laughs> definitely. Mexican cuisine, if we're going a whole right. category, or a barbecue, either one. That's two, both Mexican <laughs> food today. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Okay. Favorite book other than the Bible. You had to qualify. I that, did have to qualify. Right. Yeah, you always have to qualify that with pastors, don't you? Yes. yes. I'm a big sports guy, so I grew up a, a Chicago sports fan. Mm-hmm. Cubs, Bulls, Blackhawks, Bears, of course. So I love to read things. Walter Payton was one of my favorite mm-hmm. football players. Michael Jordan. And... The, You know, my Cubs won time, 2016. I I like to read books about how it happened because I lived through it, but that might be the only time. But, you know, so, yeah, I I love sports books by all means. All right. Right, like sports books. How about movies? It it kind of falls in the category there. I I do love sports movies. Hoosiers is probably my favorite. I do. Top Gun is a great movie, too. And the the sequel was good, too. Maverick was good as well. So I, I would enjoy both of those as well. Okay. All right. Favorite dessert or favorite ice cream, if ice cream is the best anyway? Well, I have to say the Dairy Queen is great. Just because <laughs> <laughs> I, I truly do believe that. I, soft serve ice cream, you go Dairy Queen. Custard, you got to go Ted Drew's. Okay. By, by all means, if you're just going general dessert, Texas sheet cake, if mm. you're familiar with that, that's my favorite. Or a good piece of cheesecake. So Okay. Mm. <laughs> Am I, I allowed to I give four to answers in the lightning round? <laughs> Why not? So for cuisine, you should have said dessert. Dessert. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but oh. if you tell me I only get one thing every day, it's pizza. So that's fair. All right. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Favorite vacation destination. Now, it could be somewhere you, you've gone for vacation before or maybe dream vacation. So favorite vacation destination. Yeah. Well, in general, the favorite uh, destination is somewhere warm, on water, and good snorkeling. My wife and I have been blessed to take some trips where we've really enjoyed the snorkeling and and the the fish that are there and the the wonderful sea creatures. Last time we got to do that, it was a sea turtle that came swimming by while we were snorkeling. A big, huge thing, and that was pretty cool to swim with the sea turtles. That is super (laughs) cool. All right. A completely different genre. Favorite office supply. (laughs) I love this one. (laughs) Right here in my pocket, the Pilot, Pilot G207. Another right? pen. Don't give me an 05. 07 <laughs> is the correct. He came prepared. He brought an example. I love it. In my pocket. Oh, is extra the points office for that supply one. nerds. I love it. It's, uh, it's black or blue. Red is okay sometimes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Next question is not fair, but we ask it anyway. Favorite hymn. 
It isn't fair. You're right. So I could go through the hymnal in each section, give you an Advent and a Christmas yes. and, you know, right there with you. now you have to choose one. All the way so. through. If I just have to pick one today, it's probably Lord Thee I Love with All My Heart. Oh. Like 708 in the Lutheran service book. Beautiful. And, and it needs to be at my funeral, but it's mm-hmm. beautiful to sing about life as well and oh. the way the Lord leads us through that life. So Solid yeah. choice. <laughs> All <you>. right. Another, <laughs> another unfair one. Favorite Bible verse. Yeah, that is a little unfair too, but <laughs> I would probably gravitate to Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for all who believe. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful verse of encouragement and hopefully the way that I'm able to live my life. <laughs> See, we have the best job in the world. We get to ask unfair questions. <laughs> Nobody's asked us yet. One day it's going to happen. <laughs> no, we're just not going to plant that idea anywhere. Uh, well, <laughs> Our guest today, the Reverend Jonathan Maynard, Director of Pals and Continuing Education for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, Office of Pastoral Education. Thanks so much for being our guest. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here serving and great to be with everyone here. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.